Welcome to Allie and Passero. This is Alan Alley with my friend Jim Passero, who's back from sabbatical, <laughs> and James Ball. Jimmy's, of, Jimmy's on his phone uh, looking at the scores of the games. Opening day, opening day April 1st. It is April. It is yeah, opening Thursday. day today? No. What a joke. Today's not April 1st. No. Oh, Thursday. But Thursday. you said opening day, opening day, like well, today was no, opening day. Today, the Beavers are in the Elite Eight. That's right. So they are. That is also important. So why don't you guys fill me in on that? Because after my boiler Boilermakers got bounced out by a 15 seed or whatever the heck it was, yeah, I stopped watching. Well, the <laughs> strangest thing happened. The because of climate change, the the world is 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 all off kilter, and now the Big Ten that used to win every game in the tournament loses every game, and the Pac-12 who used to never win a game. Wins now they every win game. every game. Yeah. And so what I, I, Yeah, I, so if the 16 teams were there four Pac-12 teams or something. So out of out of the 64 uh, there were five Pac-12 teams and in the Elite 8 there are three of them. Yeah. Three are Pac-12. And, and, and Pac-12 so, went like 12 and 1 team, in the tournament. Which of those of the four one of the Pac-12 teams lost, right? Well, two of Colorado. them. I mean Colorado lost early. Oh, that's right. And Oregon. And then now. Oregon lost oh, to USC but that's right. yesterday. Yeah, but SC is also yeah. Pac-12. So. so the Beavers made it and the Ducks didn't? Is that the way this works? Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to be clear on that yeah. because just it's not very often engineering that school Beaver made. fans can say that. Because it's engineering school. Yeah. well, yeah. And they got $50 million for their new stadium. Football. Yeah, Anonymous who, gave, who gave it to them? Anonymously? And they all of a sudden have basketball players. <laughs> Nike has moved into the school very surreptitiously. See, I always thought Oregon State should saddle up to Under Armour or something. Because when you read Phil Knight's book, yeah. he hates Oregon State. He does not. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely. So he was younger, he did. But then he liked it when they, he got to like it when they uh, won the base, when they, they won three World Series baseball. They games. did. But, and then he started paying. Capacity, but you read that salary. book. Right. If you read that book and you're a beaver. Yeah. And and that guy's hanging his logo on your team? Yeah. No freaking way. Well. No. I, I, I couldn't do it. It's like Mark Cuban hanging his logo on the on Purdue, yeah. the biggest IU supporter in the history of the world. So now you're on your phone. What what yeah. what oh, is, this is going on? Sorry, what alternate universe have I been transported into? Sorry, work. We related. have listeners, we have people that want to hear from us about Important things like I'm the sorry. beavers. The beavers, yeah. Let's talk about COVID. Yeah, because we what, always talk about COVID. What day, when does the pandemic pandemic over? What date? Well, I think it's Ge over January twentieth. My pharmacist now, said 20, 2027. My data starts to show that we must be reaching herd immunity. Yeah, we are. I, I really think we yeah, are. Make the case though. There was well, there was an article that I read that. Um, I'll have to pull it up, but a paper, a scholarly paper, peer-reviewed paper, was observing that it appears that the immunity that you get from having the disease is lasting longer than they might have otherwise I've thought. As many as many, maybe seventeen years. <laughs> it might be, <laughs> yeah. but but initially they were talking about it doesn't Three last months. very long at all. Right. But I, this paper was talking, it now appears it's at least a year. Mm -hmm. So when you sum that with the number of people that have been vaccinated, and then if you say, I'm taking the people that have had it and the people that are vaccinated, and I'm focused on the people that die from this, which are 
really only the people over so, 40 years old. We so, may be reaching herd immunity so at right this now. Table right now, you've been vaccinated. And Indeed, he's had it. I've had it. So yes. the table has herd immunity. That's true. Yes. You you yes. probably could not. If yeah. you got it, it wouldn't be for We wouldn't table. get it. Right. If we got it, it would die fast enough right. that you probably wouldn't get it. Yeah. And if you got it, we don't really care about that anyway. <laughs> well, it would die. It would die with Jim. I mean, that that yeah. would if Jim caught it, it would probably die with him. He wouldn't transmit it to anybody, and so then then you would be immune. And we would not have this parabolic growth. No, like, but so the the odd thing is, and I track the data. Why are paranoid? I know that, that's <laughs> what I'm getting to. It's like is I track the data pretty well. Uh, deaths spiked in December and January, and these are deaths with COVID, as reported by uh, Oregon OHA. And March came in like a lion, is going out like a lamb. That mm. there were a lot of deaths early in March. And lately, it's really dropped off, and it's dropped off, and the age has gone up. So the average age has gone from 78 now, 80 plus, 81, 82, 85. Mm-hmm. Um, the older people are getting vaccinated, and lo and behold, it appears to work. So why... Is there this, oh, 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 there's a new strain. Oh, don't take your mask off yet. What's going yeah, on? What is going on? I don't know. I and can't then, figure like, it if out. You, if you turn on, like, when I turn my phone on in the morning and, I, and, I, and I'll go to the CNN website. Yeah. And it's like eight horror stories about new variants yeah. and, you know, blah, blah, blah on CNN. Well, I think it's, it's just a complete scare campaign. I think it's risk aversion because as soon as you say... If you're a leader or you're the media, as soon as you say, okay, it's safe to go out and take your masks off, people are going to do that. They're going to go out and take their masks off. And if they're, if someone catches something else, um, then, then it's on, then they are going to get hit for saying that everything was okay. And so they don't, they, it's their credibility that's at stake well, wait, right but here. Let's back up for a second because I'm not a big conspiracy theory person, probably. I'm getting bigger. I know you are. Yeah. I know. I know you are. I'm pro- probably anti-conspiracy theory, but the one conspiracy theory that's starting to make more and more sense to me is the one about the government control hmm. that that we're that 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 the media and others have used the pandemic as a way of controlling behavior. Um, I mean, at, at first that seems really ridiculous, doesn't it? Why I mean, do they want to control? Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't. Like, I don't. I I agree with you. Yeah, I can't figure out why do you want to control us? Why would you want to do that? This is America. Well, this we is this is something that I've thought about of the difference between a liberal and a conservative mindset, and I think right. that the way that liberals look at the government, the role of government, is the government is there to make your life better, but you need people to do what they're told. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Like you, you can, you need, you need elites to tell people, y- yes, how, how to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, you look at it from, and this is me speculating because I'm not a liberal, but if you look at it from a liberal, liberal perspective, I would think they're like, well, we want everybody to be better. You know, life expectancy is higher in, in higher educated cities and, you know, life is better for people in general, statistically, if you are doing these liberal things, you know, suicides are lower in cities compared to rural, you know, opiate addiction. There's, there's all sorts of statistics that it, say it's, it feels a little rap too. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but it seems a little rational for for what's going on right now. Because like, again, going back to turning on my phone and seeing like eight scare stories from CNN, one after another, when we should be celebrating. It's the weirdest thing. It's like I saw um, an ad on the PGA Tour, and it's Willie Nelson is singing it. I don't know if you've seen this ad. No, but, but it's all these sports 
it's it's Willie Nelson singing about we're all opening up and all these we're coming back and everybody's going to be together and they show all these great moments of fans and golf galleries and players and yeah. you know celebrating and, and and all this interaction and you see it and you you basically just about start to cry you're like so this is such a great ad we're gonna get you know and and then so why would why would I want to turn on this CNN thing where nine stories about how I'm never going to get my life back. Because if you want to make people's, if if the government's role is to make people's lives better and they lose credibility by prematurely saying that you can go out and, and enjoy life again, then it's that much harder for them to regain the trust of the public and then be able to make your life better through government mandate. We've got to, we've got to take a break, a break and we'll be right back. But I want to, I want to, bore into this a little bit more because it really doesn't make any sense, sense. to me. This yep. is Ali and Pacero with her friend James Paul. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503 558 6349 or at slash portland Again, that's 503-558-6349 or slash portland Welcome back to Alley and Pacero. This is Alan Alley with Jim Pacero. James Ball stepped out to make a call because well, he's being way too he's, rational. He's part of the economy. Well, but he's also being way too rational. He was he's like you and I cannot. I mean, there's something going on with yeah, this with I, this scare. I mean, the how we are not celebrating the end of the pandemic, instead acting as if it's never going to, and doubling down on security. I see it in the park. So when I- we have liberals that listen to this show occasionally, and maybe they're online right now. Maybe somebody can type no. in an answer for us, because I do not get it. I, they'd, say, they'd just say we're being ignorant. Well, no, the data finally shows right. That we're making progress. We, I, I, we may be at herd immunity right now. We might be. I would get. I would say we. If I had to guess, gun to my head, yes rather than no. Well, and if you look at the data in Oregon, either they stopped reporting deaths mm-hmm. the way they were, or no. it's act, something's actually working. No. And and you know it, this is the same thing with um, when we were out with our friend Mark Abrams and we would talk about guns. And I'd go back and I'd do the research and come back and go, you know, gun violence is way down mm. from where it was in the 1950s and the 1960s. And, yeah. Right? Right. 1970s. And so why don't we start by celebrating the progress that we've made and understanding how that progress was made, yeah. right? And what were the things that dropped gun violence mm. and then say, and we can do better. Yeah. Right, and I, like, I don't get kind of like air pollution. Right, yeah, right. Lake Erie burned, but in, but in, but in this, yeah, and it it this, isn't burning anymore. But in this case, it's it's really critical that that we, I mean, you you know, that we get back to our lives. I think so. You know, and people are. It's funny. I went out. I mean, it's this is a, a small anecdote, having nothing to do with nothing, except that I went out and played with my buddies nine holes of golf on Saturday. And we're just so cranky at each other. You know, it's like we're acting in a way that we never, you know, it's like we're snapping. It's like everybody's just reached their limit. And it's like, well, and I, I get the impression that there is a segment 
of the population that is like, I'm done. They just want to be cooped up forever. Well, there's a segment that wants to be cooped up, and there's a segment that's just, I'm done. Yeah. But so we went to Hawaii on spring break. Mm -hmm. My family went. We had a rapid test here that we paid for before we left. It was like $175 a piece. Do you show that at the airport then when you get off the plane? So you take the test here 72 hours before you arrive. You get a, you upload it to the Hawaii website. You get a QR code that says that you passed. Mm. When you land, you get a wristband that says I passed and Mm. you, and then Hawaii gives you another test. When you arrive to make sure that you didn't pick it up. Did you, did be, you be in the 72 hours? Did you have to pay for that test too? No. They, 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 they just, no, that was part of Hawaii's thing. But, but they don't quarantine you. They just have, they just no, because the I they'll was, contact you if you have it. Right. Because I was clean when I left right. here. And so everybody on the airplane is tested right. clean. Right. right. And then you arrive and you get another test. How many people were on the plane? Full. Full. Yeah. Packed. Yeah. Right. Every seat. All masked up, yep. limited. But when you get on the Is plane, difficult it, to wear a it mask smelled no five hours. But it smelled like a hospital when you got on the plane. Oh god! I mean, it is it is scrubbed, yeah. right? And then you get off, and then they take your name, rank, and serial number, where you're going to stay, social security number, all this kind of stuff. And if you have it, then they come and grab you and put you in quarantine. If you, but. It's unbelievably buttoned down. But because it's so buttoned down, there should be no reason why you don't make that trip. Mm -hmm. Oh, and oh, by the way, I had already had the vaccine, the first half of the vaccine. My wife had already had the first half of the vaccine. Half the people on the plane probably already had the first half. All the flight attendants and all the pilots had had the Mm -hmm. first half. All the people, right? Right. So we are getting to the point where you can go out and frolic. And Mm -hmm. I don't. I got a thing from the Timbers the other day, right? Season ticket holder, are you going to come back to the games? All these questions about would you feel comfortable if... What are they saying? It's like 10% capacity? I don't know what it is. It's like 10 or 15%. And then it it increases from there. I watched the guy interviewed. Okay. How does that work? How does that work culturally if Texas Stadium for the Rangers is going to be open this weekend at 100% capacity? And we're celebrating in the Northwest if our stadium's at 10% capacity. I don't know. Yeah. I, how, I, how, I can't, how are I people, can't are, figure are this out. Like, are there going to be like Timber fans pounding on the door? Let well, me and in? I, I answered this. No, I don't think so. No. Not the Timbers fans. Yeah. My, my daughter, who's avowedly fairly liberal, thought it was completely irresponsible to go to Hawaii. One of your daughters. One of my daughters. The and other one went with me. And, and did you invite both of them to yeah. go? And no, she, and she just, and she preferred to stay home, but she, it's, I, I mean, how'd she. How'd you deal with it? She just stayed home. It wasn't. I mean, you know, when, when I, it's, it's, it's almost part of our culture now that when somebody's like draws a hard line about COVID. Yeah. Like I, I went out and played golf with a close friend of mine who'd been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And we played golf and we sat. A foot away from each other and drank two beers for an hour, which is when you'd get it from somebody, right? If you were going to get it, right. and then he's like, "I'll drive you home, but put your mask on." <laughs> it's like, really? Yes. And it's like when you hear this kind of like, because I said to him, I said, I said, because a client called up and said, "Hey, you want to use my beach house for the weekend?" Uh huh. 
So I said to my friend, I said, you know, it's a great house. You want to go? He goes, oh, I can't travel with you for at least three more months. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so when you hear this kind of like what sounds like just in, you know, like the brain went into an insane place, you just kind of like, well, I can't argue with him, right? So you probably felt like you couldn't argue with your daughter. It's like, I just got to right. accept it. No, I, and I respect somebody's – I respect their – I just respect it, their, their – decision yeah, right. for their own the, – Look, yeah. you make up your mind. I'll make up my mind, right? If they're a part of your brain. It's going – But as far as I'm concerned, I go to a Timbers game tomorrow, Yeah. right? Yeah. And then they said, what do you think are the right protocols for us? And and considering the, the base of fans, what mine was was either you're vaccinated or you wear a mask. Right. You could do both if you want. Right. But I'm fine if people don't want the vaccine, that they just wear a mask. And I'm also fine with the Timbers asking, do you, have you had the vaccine and and acknowledging that I have? Because. Have you had your second shot? No, not yet. We're due for it. Yeah. And you're, you haven't had it yet. I just sort of became eligible today. Oh, there you go. I'm sort of eligible. With all the 18 year olds. Well, no, they're not eligible until May 1st, but the state decided that I was eligible. Well, first they decided I would be eligible on everybody from 45 to 64 would be eligible on March 29th. And then the state said, no, wait a minute. You got to have like these horrible conditions. I see. You know, and so, if you don't have these horrible conditions, then you're not eligible till May 1st with everybody with age. Like baldness. Like baldness. And so it's <laughs> like, I, 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 I couldn't decide. And then I decided I was like Fred Sanford. My, you know, my heart was beating like a rabbit. <laughs> the ticker's about ready to go. And so I don't know what I feel. I don't know what I said in the form, but I got to think of the overnight. Go. Hey, come down to San AM and get your shot. There but you go. it's not an appointment yet. Don't just drop by. You can come. Right. I, I can come, but. I got to make an appointment. Okay. So then more go. forms, then you go online and more forms and more passcodes and, you know, it's like, right. it's like, uh, you know, it's almost like registering for our uh, fantasy football league draft. Yeah. That's an inside joke, isn't it? Yes, with, it with, is. With a bit of a needle. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Ali and Becerra with our the friend James now. Ball. The Portland spirit is headed to the river. Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, dinner, and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. James has stepped out to take a call because he is part of the new economy. Yes. Oh, he's coming back in maybe. Anyway. Um, I heard something on the radio mm-hmm. on the way in, and I wanted to get your reaction because you're a guy that's followed education over the years, and semi-educated. There was there was something coming out of California about um, a new curriculum for what what we used to call social studies that was uh, talking about indigenous people, indigenous religions. Um, having the kids be more aware of indigenous religions, which were pagan, if I, you know, and that this is something that they were going to start promoting in the schools. And, you know, I, I listened to it and I thought about it. I said, you know, that's interesting. I think you should know more about indigenous people and, and who was here before other people were. But the general sort of movement of our public education 
to an extremely okay. liberal. Yeah, let's let's back up a second. Yeah, go ahead. So, so what, what kills me is like, in, in you know, in our little circle, whatever it is, hundreds of people, mm-hmm. thousands of people. I don't know anybody who believes in this stuff. It's like if I had a if oh, I, who believes that what we should do fundamentally, this, our education system is all screwed up and needs to be changed, or we should do this indigenous, oh, you know, okay. politically correct stuff. I mean, yep. if, we had, if 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 my, if I if I just sent out a ballot to my voters, it'd be like a thousand no to the education and yep. like you know two yes. Yeah, and yet these our education system. It's just run by 100% crazy liberals. 100%. 100% crazy liberals. Now, right. when did the Republican – I mean, I, it's no wonder the Republican Party likes a strong man like Trump. Yeah. apparently, you know, none of us were paying attention to the education. I mean, uh, how do we just give them the keys I, to everything? That, that was my point, yeah. is, is how did we get to the point where our education system it's, got it's, so skewed? It's like aliens run it. It's – it's really odd. I mean, even in Oregon, we lose the governor. We'll come back talking we, about it. We lose the – what did you say? What's your step on the governor's race? We lose 50, 45 every, yeah, yeah. every time. Four and a half points, five points, yeah. Right. Yeah. Even though it's four and a half or five – even in Oregon. Even in Oregon. It's only right? four and a half, five It's points. only four and a half or five points. But our educational system is 30 points. So – Yes, it's more like 85, 80, 15. No, it is. Yeah, 90, 10. So how did we get this way? How did we get our education system so upside down? And at least my friends, when I, when I, went, when I grew up, very few people went to private schools. Mm-hmm. And I lived in a fairly affluent yeah. suburb of Philadelphia. Yeah. And, and the kids that went to the private schools, they were like, Okay, there's no hope for them. They they're Philadelphia mainline kids. They've been here forever, you know, but our public schools were good and we all went to public schools. It just really wasn't a question. No. And I think I got a fairly balanced education at that point in time. But when did it get so upside down that where I'm well, I will say, and we were talking well, before the show started. I, I did. Yeah. yeah. So actually, um, Jen, Jim and I were talking before we start turning the radios on about, you know, where I grew up and everything. And I lived in Portland until I was seven. And one of the reasons, my, my, da- my dad's job changed, but also one of the reasons that we moved out of the city was Portland public schools had become so more liberal than my parents were comfortable with. And so they wanted us kids raised in a more... Um, centrist or even conservative uh, atmosphere. And so we moved to Bend. So even in the, what that would have been early 90s, they thought, I mean, I was seven years old, so I don't know that I have a whole lot of memories of that, but they thought, my parents thought that this was, that it was liberal enough that they didn't want us growing up there. So when did it happen? Before 1990. I don't know. So, so, um, My neighbor, when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. the neighbor two doors down, he was the dean of social sciences for Portland State University. It's a very respected institutional person. Yes. PhD from USC, scholar in Civil War. Yeah. Guess what party he belonged to? Was he a Republican? He's a Republican, (laughs) you know, and, and... and it was just like, oh, well, you know, my parents were Democrats. He's like, oh, you're not going to get, you're not going to sway George, Dr. Hoffman on that one. You know, he's a Republican. Um, 
what did we all decide? I mean, what happened to the Republican Party? We just did everybody decide they didn't want to go into education? Uh, yes. <laughs> How did what, because what came what came first? You know, that, that it got education got really stupid or or it got stupid after Republicans decided they wouldn't go into it. Well, and how how did it happen? I mean, how did we get I don't think to any of us point? have the answer. I, I think that we can all, the three of us at okay. least, agree that it has happened. Then let's go back to how can it be reversed to the point? Can can you, are can we bifurcate the educational system and say it's a public education system? There are some schools where there's this menu of options that are taught, including the liberal thought, and there's some schools where this menu of options are taught that's mm-hmm. a more conservative, right. you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, and all the social stuff, get that out of the schools. Let the parents do that. Yeah. Can we... Can we create a system or is is there a system like that? I don't think so. Not in a place like Portland where because but this to problem, a lot of – this problem in education is universal. Well, well, yeah. But I'm, I'm just thinking from, from my, my perspective here in the city of Portland, the, the liberals who run the school district view those things, those liberal ideologies that we talk about as essentially civil rights. You know, you want to talk about trans rights, gay rights um, – Genders between the the ears, not between the legs, type of those things. Those those are they are fighting the civil rights, not um. This, they're they're not going to give no, up. Oh, your that. gender comment. I've never yeah. heard that. You one never heard before. that before. No. Yeah. So my my pastor at church did a his uh, he's got a kid going into um into high school and did a tour of Lincoln High School and that's what he saw on a on a poster in Lincoln High School. Uh, genders between the ears, not oh, between really? the legs. Oh, really? Yeah. That so that's 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 coming from being put on the walls in public high schools. Well, at Lincoln in Portland. High School. That's clo- I was just down at Lincoln High School last week. A little sign that said that said at Lincoln High School. It said, um, "Well, we're not open, but we do take some questions." So, <laughs> well, but if you're, if you're fighting to, from twelve to like one thirty on a couple of days a week, if you want to knock on the door and run a question, you could call this number, and there might be somebody there to if answer you're, a question. If you're fighting two. for the Civil Rights Act, right? That's not something you compromise on, and that's not saying like, "Hey, we don't believe in the Civil Rights Act, therefore we want our own little section carved out where we don't have to worry about civil rights." Like that's you don't do that. That's not a that's not something you give ground on, especially when you're winning. But they are they are educating children as little liberals. Yes. yes. Right? Well yep. and climate and, change is like the big one. Yeah, like the, I, it's like the God. But again We gotta come back and talk about this. We're at break. This is Ali and Pacero with her friend James Ball. This is Ali and Pacero with her friend James Ball, and James just said climate change is the same thing. Yeah, so I mean that was that, that was that was a a race argument that I just made, but climate change is the same thing. If you believe that the world is going to end or is be un- irreversible in 10 years or I mean that's I think even the most uh most firm believers in climate change believe that that's hyperbolic, which pretty sure it is. So even even if we are heading toward this this inescapable thing we cannot reverse and it's going to destroy all all life on planet Earth or make it uninhabitable, you don't give up on that. You don't compromise on that. So, yeah, if if you come in and say, I want a conservative school district or a conservative area that where they don't teach about climate change, 
No one's going to give that up. No one yeah, on the left is. You know, you you brought that up, the, the whole climate change issue, the Earth is going to end in 10 years. There was that article in the Willamette Week where they had an activist from Antifa and a guy that was on the, he might have been the campaign manager for Sarah Ayanna Rohn or, yeah. right? And he said, one of the reasons we're so angry is you guys, you establishment people, have told us the world is ending in 10 years, and then you don't do anything about it. Right. And so if the world, either you are lying to me or the world is going to end in 10 years, and neither of those two positions are good, right? Yeah. And I'm mad because you are going to wipe our existence off the face of the planet in 10 years, and you won't take action. Yeah. And- I never it, it it actually never dawned on me so. that some people really rationalize the belief that the true belief that the Earth is going to end in ten years. It's the Greta Thunbergs of the world. So. Yeah. yeah, people fully believe that. And if you believe that the world is going to end in, I, I think I mean, so we're mischaracterizing a little bit. I don't believe that they said the world is going to end in ten years. the The actual statement was that climate change will become irreversible. In ten years, that we won't be able to any any amount of carbon emissions is going to not be able to reverse. I think that's true. His view that he has internalized is the world is the world's going to end in ten years. That's how he's interpreted. So when we were when we were when we were in school, Alan, way back in the (laughs) you know the the last century, back in the last century, the middle of the last century. (laughs) So there was like there was like uh physics class and language class and a writing class right and mm-hmm. a biology class and a pe class and home economics right and then and then so that would be like oh 85 of the day right and then there'd be a social there'd be a history class but there'd also be like a public uh, current events class yeah america u.s government american yeah, something, yeah, something. That, something that touched on current events yeah somewhere in your u.s government class which might take up like about say say it's like ten percent of your curriculum that class. Uh, the current events part of that class might take up about a third or a half. So it might be like three or four percent of your time at school was actually spent on discussing current events. Now the whole curriculum is built around current events. I mean, they still teach the sciences, but but. How to be an activist how and to, right. yeah, how to do the your religion is climate change. Well, I wonder if 10, 20, 30 years from now, those are going to be the core of the Republican Party because uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I believe that in 10 years when the world doesn't end, right. all those people are going to realize that they've been lied to right. and that the left is using these young, you know, full of, full of whatever um, kids using their passion to promote liberal ideology and that's why they're not doing anything about it the world's going to end and we're not doing anything about it because they know that they're lying so along these lines this is something that slightly diversionary but similar track the head of the cdc rochelle walensky yeah i've seen her watched her work so she she's on tv she's giving her briefing and she goes quote I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script and I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. Talking about COVID. 
Walensky said, appearing to grow emotional. This is like today. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are and much reason for hope. But right now I'm scared. And this is the um, spiking um, case mm-hmm. that they're citing. Where? All over the country. Cases are spiking. That's what she's saying. Do you, are you finding that in your data you're looking at? No. I yeah. No. So she's kind of making it up. I don't know. Yeah. But this is part of this thing where she's the head of the CBC, CDC and she's being hyperbolic, continuing concerning trends. The number of coronavirus cases in the U.S. has surpassed 30.2 million, according to Johns Hopkins University. Well, guess what? If you're testing me before I get on the airplane and when I get after the airplane and you're getting tested, 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 and it has grown and we're reaching herd immunity, that means there's a bunch of people with coronavirus running around out there that are going to test positive. Mm-hmm. And the head of the CBC being hyperbolic about this is that w- w- impending doom, right? This isn't a rational, reasoned analysis of the data. This isn't a rational, reasoned analysis of the data about about climate change. This is freaking impending doom, yeah, right? Yeah. Of our leaders, yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm, I am, I've had it. <laughs> I am yeah. just, well, I have ju- just, just as it. these, just as these people realize that the left has lied to them. And they're concerned, they're considering becoming Republicans. What we as Republicans need to do is not give them reasons to stop voting for us. And this is what we've done. We've embraced the QAnon. We've re- embraced the we, anti-vaxxers. We, ha- we haven't embraced. Okay. We, so, uh, so, okay, so I who, don't know. We wait. haven't been strong okay. enough with some of the fringe movements in our, in our okay, party. So. Give them, don't give them a reason to not vote right. for us. And I think we'll win them over just in time for the newest. <laughs> the newest batch of, of young liberals to come out of the school system and. Yeah, and this is okay. this has been happening forever. As people get older, older they get more conservative. I think this is part of the reason. I got to jump on the vax thing because yeah, okay, these COVID vaccines, the Moderna and uh, Pfizer, are not normal vaccines, and I wish they would be upfront with us and and talk about how they're not normal vaccines. This isn't a dead virus that they stick in you and your body goes, oh, there's the virus. Oh, but it's dead. Well, I'll kill it anyway. That's the way normal vaccines work. This is like hot wiring your cells. This is, this is like deep science new shit. And I understand why somebody might be skeptical of that. I understand why somebody says, I don't know if I really want to take this new way of developing a virus and hotwire my cells with this um, mRNA uh, that disappears after a while. So it's not really there for a long time and it kind of fades away. But And the way this works, we don't have a lot of history on this. And you know what? I decided, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. But I completely understand why somebody would say, yeah, I don't know if I want designer RNA injected into me. Well, so there's, this is, I mean, we're getting close to the break, but there are a couple different groups of people that all kind of fall into the the vaccine skeptical folks. And 
you know, there are people who, like you said, who look at this mRNA, say this is new, this is, un- this is, I mean, not relatively untested, but, you know, in the last five or ten years, they, this didn't exist and are therefore skeptical about injecting that into their body. Then there's a whole other group of people that think you are healthier without vaccines, that Bill Gates is trying to microchip you. And those, like, those are, those are real people. And they kind of get all lumped in together and they kind of are, are, um, they are kind of displayed as the, you know, the, the worst of the group, but. Are you going to get the vaccine? Yeah. No. So yeah. I, I've already got COVID. Right. So I should idea. have some level of antibodies, but so I'm, I'm waiting because I feel like there are other people who are but you, ahead but of me. But you're okay with getting it in your mind. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, let's, let's take a break and we'll come right back. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend, James Ball. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503 558 6349 or slash Portland. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with our friend James Ball. Jimmy was going to make a point on the COVID vaccine. Yeah, Your I, friend. I have a friend of mine who um, is in his mid 50s, very healthy. He's never sick. And, and he's kind of, and he's thinking along your lines, he's like, hey, I, I, everybody's, we're going to have herd immunity, so I'm not going to get the virus. And so why don't I be the one? to not get it as far as as far as thinking you know selfishly about his own health and why risk you know where is the risk and he in his mind you know we're 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 kind of getting it for the community right at this point yeah you're kind of getting it for the community yeah yeah but he's he's not that kind of person he's like he's he's kind of a me person and he's thinking you know if i'm going to make a rational decision for me Maybe the most intelligent decision is not to get the vaccine. Yeah, no, and I, I can see people making that decision. And the frustrating thing for me is there isn't a lot of good information out there about the pluses and minuses of the new R, uh, mRNA, mRNA vaccine, right? right? You have to dig and dig and dig and dig. And it's like, look. It makes me skeptical when you don't want to tell me, right? When you don't want to just lay it all out. Well, the history of it, where it came from, how does it work? It is very cutting edge. Yes. Right? And it was being developed for uh, cancer treatment before it was ever developed for this application. But because they had done all this work for cancer treatments, it was fairly straightforward to do it for this. Now, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the one that isn't quite as effective, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. right. is more like a normal vaccine, right? They took dead COVID-19 and and uh, killed it somehow, or yeah. Made I it think. still effective enough, but right. yeah. yeah. And then and then you, uh, you inject that, and then you have a, an immune response to it, and then you're immune, right? Mm-hmm. But it's this whole thing of... I have become so much more skeptical of the government telling me what's good for me than I ever have before. And I really don't like this feeling. I don't like the feeling that 
I feel that they're that I'm a mushroom and they're just shoveling poop on top of me. Well, you get the feeling that they're so trapped in the politics themselves that they can't see that the that the political culture has washed over them and now they're part of the game and they can't see that they are part of the game and then they're and they're a part that shouldn't be part of the game. I mean, it's bad enough that the the journalism has gone that way, but for scientists to go that way, it's like I I, I just want an open debate. Mm-hmm. I want uh, open it, information. Of both sides right. of these issues. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I want, and I trust people to make good decisions. and And I think it's it's incumbent upon the leaders to present the information in a way where people will make good decisions, in, instead of quote tricking people. Well, I, 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 you know, it goes back to the education system, where you know, how do we change the fact that it's a hundred percent left now I, and you know the the only way we do it is to if i were you know king i'd close the school today and, and re- go to and, charter schools yeah and reopen them and then and, and make everybody sign up for their own you know figure out every school is a charter school the unions are gone and and <laughs> you laugh but i mean that's the only well you couldn't have every school be a charter school unless you get rid of the unions and that's no, true. And so then you and then you and then you make everybody go figure out what school's best for their kids. And every school <laughs> would be like different. Yeah. So that there wouldn't be there wouldn't be this mass group group thought training. I mean, if we already have that in the media. You know, it's like it's like the schools would actually be more like uh, products of a supermarket. Well, it's it, it's this whole thing for me of more responsibility to the parents mm-hmm. and having the parents decide yeah. it's almost as if we're giving our children up for adoption yeah. that the state is the ultimate mom and dad yeah. and the state understands yeah. what's good for the kids and what's bad for the kids yeah. but you go back to what i was saying earlier like that's the liberal mindset is the government's purpose is to make your life better and if the government can take care of your kids for you better than you can that's that's what they what, should do. Well, and that's well, so it's, what's it's, your solution? What's my oh, oh I'm just saying like that. I, I think that's you. how they think. I like, know like, that. that's you, that's not how you, I think. You define that about four times, but what's your yeah. solution? To, for what? Fixing the school system. So for fixing a, the school system. So it's not a hundred to zero, liberal. I don't know. You don't know what <laughs> what, we're, what we're doing right now. <laughs> no, what we're doing right now is conservatives. If you have money, are sending your kids to private schools. Oh, that's you know, it. School, school vouchers. That, School that vouchers, I think, would help a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we 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 a little bit of competition for the public schools. Yeah. What do you think, liberal? I mean, I I talked to so many parents who were like, I'm expecting parents who were like, no way would I let my kid go to public school. Will you let your? I mean, you're not in charge of this decision. But what happens when your grant? Your they grant, are going to public school. Yeah. And what and what do you and you like? What do you think? Do you kind of monitor what's going on, or do you? Do you talk to your no, kids I mean, about it's, it, or? it? You know, this is the my thing. It's like it's my kids' responsibility. Did you offer to pay for uh, sure. private school? Oh yeah, we'll help out. Yeah, and did they go? But as an, because I know people that have done that, grandparents who have said to their children, yes. it's like, look, well, you you know, we just want to help, and so we'll, and we want them to go to private school, so we'll pay for well, it. My whole thing is the 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 greatest gift that I can give my children or my grandchildren is the ability to have a freedom of education, right? Right. If I've amassed any kind of net worth at all, if that went to providing choices for my kids and my grandkids to get the education that they want, um, 
So that's how that's that's, I can help How out. does the speech go over? How does that offer go over then? They take us up on it. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and, but I think it's horrible that I have to do that with yeah. the amount of money that's, that's flooded into our educational yeah. system. Yeah. We should have choices for everybody yeah. and you should not only have choices for conservative and liberal, but you should have choices for the trades. You should have choices for yeah. STEM. You should have choices for liberal arts and the arts. And I went to a school in Salem that was a school for the arts. Mm -hmm. And they taught physics by uh, looking at pulley systems for opening and closing the curtains. And why does it make it easier to open and close the curtains and explaining to kids this is the physics behind pulleys and this is how it all works. And that's exactly the kind of thing that I think we need to be doing. But uh, there is a flight to private schools. That so how you have grandkids going to private schools and grandkids going to public schools? Are they all? They went to private um, preschools. And now? And I only have one in public school. Okay. But the others are too little right, right. now. But they're going to private preschools. Okay. And they're going to religious private preschools. Mm -hmm. Because I think they should hear about Jesus and and kind of the whole shtick and what happened there and the teachings and things. And if they get a little bit of that education early in life, it's in the back of their mind yeah. as you as you go through. And you kids can, are so impressionable, and you spend so much time at school that yeah, those those ideas and philosophies that get taught by the teachers, yeah, stick with you for. For life, and it's it's extremely important. I I 100% agree. I think that um, I think it's it's stupid that we have to go to the private school route in order to get an education that kind of fits with our own values. Well, so you, there's it's you're basically recently, you're recently married. You're going to send yeah. your kids to public school? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll. See. I mean, we're still many years away from needing that to make that decision. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things. Why I am a conservative is yeah. that. You know, when the government takes your money and then gives it back to you with strings attached, you know, because you're, you're paying for public school whether you use it or not. Right. And so if you choose to go private school, you are paying twice. Yeah. You're paying for the public school yes. that you don't use and you're using a private school that you do. And in order to have that freedom of choice, you have to pay double. And that's not right. No, so, it, it, you're right. There should be some kind of voucher thing. You should be able to make your decisions about where you want your kids to let go. Let the money follow the kid. Let the money follow the student and open up. And while you're at it, stop having funding for for public schools based on the the geography of where they are. Let kids, if they want to go across town to go to school, let them. Absolutely. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. We'll come back. I think we'll broaden the discussion a little bit. We should. You don't want probably, to talk about COVID anymore. No, we should talk about guns. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll be right back. The Portland Spirit is headed to the river. Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, dinner, and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. Welcome back to Allie and Pissero with her friend James Ball. I wanted to turn to some of the uh, topics that have been bouncing around about guns and gun violence. And now there's calls for more um, gun laws. Mm -hmm. 
And it, it started with, the, I think it was the shooting in Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Can you fill us in on kind of the background there and then we'll pick it up? So, you know, I, I just what I kind of read in the news, but it was a shopping center. Um, gunman goes in and, and shoots, I think, eight eight people were killed, I think. Is that, is that 10? Um, and was just this the right. one where they were primarily Asian or was that a different? No, that was the that one was in the... Georgia. So, right. I mean, there were two of, yeah, there were a couple of them that happened back to back. really back That's to back. Right. The, the one in Georgia was uh, targeted Asians. This one uh, was just, I think, just indiscriminate as far as race goes. Um, and what, one of the, <laughs> the, the narratives from the right wing media is how some people on the left were very, very quick to assume that this was a, a white guy who was doing the shooting. Right. It turns out that he was Middle Eastern. And so, I mean, his, his race not being as important as the fact that, you know, hey, you shouldn't shoot people, uh, shouldn't kill people at all. But just sort of the initial knee jerk of, oh, another white man, you know, going on a mass shooting spree only to find out that he was not white. So. Well, he's he's Middle Eastern. He's Middle right? Eastern. Yeah. And his I don't have his. Oh, yeah. Ahmad al Wasili Alyssa. So why wasn't uh, I? I didn't hear anything about this possibly being linked to a terrorist attack either, right? Or domestic terror. I didn't hear anything about that either. No, it was just I think it was it was portrayed in the media as as mass shooting, like it was, and you know, of course, regardless of what your skin color is. I mean, this is just such a stupid thing that we that we have that this is what we focus on. You know, rather rather than, hey, people died, and we right. need to prevent this from happening. We we instead focus on the skin color of the, of the guy who did so, it. So, a couple of narratives that came out of this: it was an AR-15 style pistol. Okay, okay. I don't know what an AR-15 style. Pistol I had is. to look it up myself too. It's it's like a it's uh, black and short, scary. It's black and scary. Yep. It's a short stock AR-15. Okay. So it's it it's not. Shoulder, it doesn't have a shoulder stock. It has kind of a a short stock that you... I don't know how on earth you can accurately uh, so fire an AR-15 by a, your hand, but... Saying you, an AR-15 style gun is kind of like saying a Ford style pickup truck. Like, well, what does that mean? Is it... <laughs> well, they're, they are... So the the left portrays them as they have military roots in their original design, right? Okay. It was the M15 that that it was originally designed, styled after, and uses can use a round that was originally a military style round, right? Well, the military military style round is a, is a caliber. I right. mean, it's five point five six that caliber. That's <laughs> that's another meaningless um, yes designation. So, but that's what the media was picking up on, and. So the 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 narrative is these aren't hunting rifles but the second amendment was not put in place because people hunted right the second amendment was put in place because they didn't want the government to be armed and the citizens not to be correct and so that fundamental distinction has been sort of lost and when when people talk about this subject, it's like, look, if if you think it's time for the Second Amendment to be repealed, please be my guest and start that 
that start process. that process. Yeah. And and we'll maybe maybe the United States has moved to the point of where we should be talking about repealing the Second Amendment. I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that we would do it. But if you think that's the that's what we need to do, be my guest. Let's have that debate. This this weird kind of middle ground of where we are is uh, is very odd to me. Now, I have a friend who uh, reached out to me on Facebook, and they're very dear friends, and her son committed suicide after buying a gun legally. Mm-hmm. And when? A few years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is a young man that uh, I grew up with, and uh, he's in my prayers every night. And their family is in my prayers every night. Um, so, taking away all the guns, theoretically, you could say, oh, maybe that would reduce suicide. Well, if you look at the data, Australia, uh, much of Europe, the UK, they all have suicide rates that are very similar to ours. Some of them are actually higher than ours. Hmm. Some of them are lower than ours. Japan is higher than ours, and Japan has some of the most restrictive gun laws in the world. Um, I I don't think that is going to fundamentally... The data doesn't say that will fundamentally change our suicide rate. People in Japan, you jump in front of trains. They have a lot of trains. It's very convenient to jump in front of a train. As a matter of fact, I was on a train in Japan... The train stops, they come down, and they had little printed pieces of paper that were in Japanese, but my friend translated it. It says, yeah, some guy jumped in front of the train and killed himself, and we stopped. It's that common that they Mm. actually have a a mechanism because it's very impolite to be late for a meeting in, in Japan. So I understand the 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 pain that people have when... Uh, people commit suicide and commit suicide with a gun. I don't think changing the gun laws eliminates suicide. The data doesn't say that that eliminates suicide. So I'll be a little bit of devil's advocate here. And this is is the argument um, that gun control advocates say. It's something like 90 to 95% of people who attempt suicide and don't are not successful end up wanting to live later. They, They look back on their experience and say, I am glad that I was not successful killing myself. And so if you are to take away the means of killing themselves, they are, they get over it's the wrong term, but like they feel better about themselves. They feel better about their situation. And in the end, it's not like you were going to kill yourself now. And then, you know, you always want to kill yourself until you just find an, um, an opportunity. It's a very, it's a very short term thing. And if you can prevent someone from killing themselves, for a short period of time, a lot of times you can prevent the suicide altogether. And so that's that's their argument that the the gun is a means of killing yourself. You take that away and by the time they find a rope or they find a building to jump off of, you know, maybe that feeling has passed and they are not then able to um, to complete it. And so that that's yeah. another thing where you have like waiting periods where you you know, three days once you decide you want to buy a gun to go actually buy one. Um, so that's the argument there. But it's interesting that you say, you know, places that have much more strict gun control laws where you basically are illegal to have a gun at all have similar suicide rates. So people who don't have a gun culture 
tends to kill themselves in different ways. So it's not so much... That's interesting. I think that it would be interesting to see a, a, a more in-depth study on that, although I'm not, how, not sure how ethically you can study people killing themselves. I mean, where do you get your control group from? A... <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. But, I mean, but seriously, like, how do you get a control group if you're going to study something like that? You, you can't, so... I, well, that's that's the thing, and, and this is why I think an open and honest debate about something like this is important. Sure, yeah. Because... There, there may be a correlation when you have a gun that there are like first time suicide attempts or some mm-hmm. that, that you could parse the the metric. But um, yeah, so the United States is thirty fourth ranked in the in the world in suicide rate. Um, Japan is thirtieth. Japan has some of the highest. Belgium is twenty second. Um, India is very high. Ukraine's very high. Um, South Korea is very, very high. Um, but Australia's 51st at 11.7 and we're 13.3 or something like that. We're actually very similar to Australia and Australia basically took all the guns away. So taking away the guns does not correlate to lowest suicide rates in the world. Um, it's 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 a very very difficult problem Mm -hmm. and uh she actually reached out to me on facebook after i posted this and said please don't say it's a mental health issue it it, there is a component of mental health there's no doubt about that but um in these other countries like japan they figured a way japan is a very high stress country they jump in front of trains. Yeah. So um, we'll be right back. We've got a couple more segments. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. Jim was very quiet in our last segment. <laughs> and it's a very important topic, especially in these times. So I wanted to give Jim a chance to weigh in on it. So, Jimmy. Uh, I <laughs> no. Talk about guns. And I, I think we ought to start over in America on the guns because I think, I mean, you know, we had these shootings and the, and the networks and the Democrats are so excited. They just, all they want to do is lecture the Republicans. And this is our moment to finally get the stupid Republicans to think and, you know, in some other way besides Neanderthals. And so now it's time to, and, and when Democrats do that, they just like, it's just double down on the lecturing and the shame and everything else. And, and, and so this isn't going to work either, but I do think that it would be interesting to step back from the conversation, put everything on the table, you know, put the second amendment, put everything on the table and say, what do you want? And it's like, well, what I want is I want two things in the contradictory and they don't have to be, but they are in the gun conversation, which is I want people to be, ha- be able to own a gun to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to take that right away from them. On the other hand, I don't want, uh, criminals to have weapons that they can go in and do mass shootings in an easy manner, which these mass shootings, I mean, you know, you, you get in conversations with the gun people and they'll say like, well, it's not a semi-automatic. You don't understand. You don't know the definitions. And they, they, they drown you in all the definitions. And it's like, well, I'm never going to know the definitions to please you. And you're always going to be able to trap me in a corner where I look like an idiot about talking about guns. But if you ask me what I want, I, this is what I want. Yeah. And, and I think probably the majority of people want that. 
Well, yeah, I, I would. You'd be hard pressed to find someone who thinks mass shootings are a good thing. And no, they we're should talking continue. about about yeah, you, the weapons. I was saying I don't. Oh. I don't want the availability of weapons that are capable of doing that. Right. In, yeah. In an easy and efficient manner. The weapons that are capable of that. Well, I'm, like I said, I don't want to. Don't. Okay. 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 This I'm is just, to tell you what I'm, I want. I'm okay. not going to tell you. I'm not going to defend the technical because I can't do it. I would say so. AR-15s get. Um, demonized a lot mm. but i would say that handguns are more dangerous mm -hmm. for those sort of things um if you are it's it just it's it's one of those things where the, the 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 gun control people have locked in on some something because it's the ar-15s are black and scary and a lot of times they are used in these in these sort of mm -hmm. sort of shooting attacks but i i <laughs> it's uh yeah, I think a handgun is much more effective at killing a lot of people if that's what you're trying to do. Sorry, don't take that as that's just like me right. thinking from a military standpoint. No, I, yeah, I get it. You know, if if I'm okay, we're not going to continue down that that thread. But censoring yourself, gun, guns are guns are dangerous and they're tools, and when used appropriately, they are they are perfectly fine. And so, to your point, it's keeping them. I keeping them away from the the bad people and mm. allowing them without infringing on the rights of the good people. Right. You know, that's that's kind of the tricky part. And I think what what the problem we have is that the people who are for gun control don't understand guns well enough to make that distinction. And so what they end up doing is inadvertently or inadvertently penalizing law-abiding gun owners while not really making any inroads to stop mass shootings mm -hmm. um so it yeah it's mostly handguns it's it's i just put oh, a statistic it's like three times the number of, See, of deaths are from handguns than they are from rifles does that include uh suicides or is it just i don't i don't know okay. and this is where you, but handguns are primarily the the gun that kill people and part of it is handguns are the guns that gangs use mm -hmm. right when you're when you're in the I can't say the inner city anymore because that's a bad thing to say because it's pejorative. But <laughs> we learned that last but year. Roughly half of the shootings, half of the deaths from guns in the United States are gang shootings, are gang shooting gangs. And every day, tens of young black men primarily are being killed with handguns in inner cities. Yeah. And there's no outrage. It's like, yeah, well, okay, that's bad. But but the 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 quote math shootings of that that are a tiny tiny fraction of the number of deaths are the ones that people focus on. And that's taking rifles away from largely law-abiding people. And that's what makes this very complex. I mean, it is. We talked about this a little bit during the break, but the Oregon Senate has just passed a bill basically making it illegal to conceal carry in, in certain areas, airports, some government buildings. Meanwhile, people with concealed carry permits are the most oh. law abiding, most careful, most safe, <laughs> least likely to do anything bad with their weapons. And so the law that they're passing is putting more restrictions on concealed carry permits, which were the, the safest gun owners at all. Right. And 
So like this, this is this is what I was saying. Like the the gun control advocates are just looking for a way to bring the number of guns out of the populace, which is not which isn't right. Well, you know, you need to focus on where the problem is, not where the problem isn't. Jim actually very articulately, much more articulately said it because I can't say articulate. It's like <laughs> saying nu- nuclear. Um, when he said, "I want these mass shootings to go away. Yeah, I just want that to stop." And don't I? I just want it to go away. I don't care if it goes away by by restricting gun rights or whatever. Just make it go away. And I completely agree with you. Not enough people are saying I want the slaughter of young black men in our cities to go away. Hmm. And I want the slaughter of young black men in our cities to go away. And it's not white guys living in Lake Oswego that's going to make that go away. It's it's the parents and the community leaders of our black communities that are going to make that go away. And if I can do anything to give them the tools to enable that to happen, that's what I want to have happen. Right? And I, I, taking taking rifles away from people... And taking concealed carry permits away from people is not going to solve the slaughter of young black men in our inner cities. And that is the most egregious use of firearms to kill people that we have. Do you know what a zip gun is? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that this is another reason why why gun control, in the way that it is implemented by gun control advocates who don't really understand guns, a zip gun is an improvised gun which is basically a tube with yeah. that is put together with uh cable tie or not cable ties but um hose hose clamps mm-hmm. that you can fire one or two shots before it falls apart but is is used all the time to commit crimes for people who are not able to get a gun legally and it's just you know as long as you have the ability to make a a gun in your garage um you you are not by by restricting the rights of law abiding citizens you are not solving the problem that needs to be solved and and that's what and by and large this is a dividing line between conservatives and liberals that the the people that own guns that have concealed carry permits that use firearms that hunt that use firearms for protection are largely skewing conservative and you know i when we talked about this with mark abrams i said look yeah, let's talk about this. Let's trade um, abortion and firearms. Let's talk about abortion and firearms, and let's let's link those two issues. And if you make abortion illegal, we'll talk about Second Amendment changes. Let's that's that's what you do when you make a deal. When you compromise, when you create deals, you create deals where I give up something and you give up something. And it's like, no, 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 no. Not going to talk about that. Well, actually, I think well, that's a pretty interesting way to do it. We'll come right back and pick up on you, Jim. And we'll probably wrap up at that point. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 
503-508-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349 or proliftdoors.com slash Portland. This is Ali and Pacera with your friend James Ball. Jim. Um, I, I, it's kind of and what, what you were talking about it and, and what we were talking about, this idea of a fresh set of eyes on the problem. You know, whenever you have a, you never really have intractable problems. You have the, you know, you just have a sort of lack of, uh, original thinking. And, and so you, you have this, um, problem with the, you know, we can't, and, you know, another issue that we can't get uh, a, a fresh set of eyes on and the gun control. And it's the tragedy of, and of course, now I'm going to get in trouble with the Democrats, but it's the tragedy of, of the presidency, right, as we know it right now with our current president, what, he's number 46, uh, President mm-hmm. Biden, in that, um, he, I think he would like to put a fresh set of eyes on it and stop the mass shootings. And he might have had the, the capability or talent to do that a couple decades ago, but right now he's fallen on three times on Air Force One. You know, it, it, he just doesn't have the the energy to do it. So, so any original thinking that he might actually have, because he act because he has the presidential podium, is snuffed out by the Democratic Party and the platform who's basically running him um, mm-hmm. as sort of a, a puppet. President is probably too strong, but they're they're basically running his presidency. And I, 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 Democrats would be just screaming at me for saying this, you know, and for, for commenting on the fact that he fell on the stairs three times. But uh, he's moving to Charbonneau for a one-story ranch house, and so he has to leave the White House <laughs> because that's that'll work but, out much better. But, you know, that is that is a problem because it's like you, you, you need new – Leader, you need a fresh set of eyes and you need leadership on the issue. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that we're, we can't make any headway apart from just the, this becomes too politicized. It's anybody on the left who is interested in gun control has no idea what a, how a gun works. Um, we <laughs> had on um, Dr. Lisa Reynolds, uh, Representative Dr. Uh, Lisa Reynolds on, on, on the other I, I podcast. I believe she's our state rep. Our state rep, yes, tonight. our state representative and my, my opponent in the, the last election. And she's very much gun control advocate and made a comment on the podcast about uh, AR-15 or AK-47. And there was like the comment was something like, you know, which one, one of those. I was like, well, if you've, if you've held or fired either one of those, you know that they're, they're very different. And she, I mean, just having been dealing with guns for years and couldn't, didn't understand that those were, were very, very different things. I mean, they're both rifles, but that's, that's about it. Um, anybody on the right, if you're interested in gun control, you can't win a primary because you're going to get, uh, you're going to get, this has become such a politicized argument. If you say gun control in a positive light, even in the sense of removing, like stopping mass shootings, you're, you're going to get primaried. So nobody on the right who understands how guns work and what might have good ideas to stop gun violence doesn't get elected. And anybody on the left who does, doesn't understand guns. So you end up with these laws like the one that just passed in the Senate that don't make any sense as far as, but, but, you know, virtue signal that they're doing something. No, even that's. Though well, a lot it of laws, really a lot of laws get passed that way. Yeah, right. You got it. You got to do something. So we'll pass the low carbon fuel standard. Right. It actually doesn't save CO two emissions. Hmm. It, it right. And there were 
lots of studies that say it doesn't save CO2 emissions. It actually does not reduce CO2. But we pass a low-carbon fuel standard, and therefore we can go back and say that we did that. And it's this it's the same thing with with uh guns it's it's like they're going to have to pass something mm-hmm. they have a supermajority in the house supermajority in the senate in oregon they have to pass something and this is why we get 5000 freaking new laws every 10 years because so you they do you have to do something yep. just do something well i actually want them to do less yeah i actually want less laws I want less regulations. I want less government. And we've the Republicans are are guilty of this too. The Republicans are 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 writing their names up on the board. I pass this, I pass that, I pass this, I pass that. No, I want I just want less. I want less of you guys. And another another good example is this plastic bag. <laughs> that could have been where how we got in trouble with education <laughs> though. It's like- Well, another good example is this plastic bag ban. I was on Reddit earlier and saw someone in in the Oregon or the Portland subreddit talking, complaining about how they got this super thick, quote unquote, reusable bag from wherever um, (laughs) that they paid five cents for. And they're like, this is adding more plastic to landfill because no one is going to reuse this. It's like, well, this is why bad regulation is worse than no regulation, Mm -hmm. because instead of having these super flimsy plastic bags that people would throw away or <laughs> use as garbage can, right? you know, people would reuse them. Anyway, that's beside the point. But you put in this regulation, you have to have a bright line that says, you know, this is reusable and this is single use and you can't use the, the single use. And it's written poorly enough that people, instead of using these super flimsy plastic bags, now have to use thicker plastic bags that they still throw away. <laughs> and now you are adding more waste to landfills because of a poorly written, poorly conceived bill. And so they're going to come up with another bill. Right. Right. And, and this is, yeah, you're right. This is what happens is you do something and you're like, oh, well, this unintended consequence that we could never have seen coming. And then they try to fix it with something else. And there's some other unforeseen consequence. You know and what you could do? You could just want you good could, government. You could, <laughs> look, I feel crappy about putting plastic and styrofoam into a landfill. Mm hmm. I think that's it makes me feel bad that I that I do that. So come up with a technology and come up with a way so that I don't feel bad about doing that and I won't do it anymore. I literally will not do it. If you I was thinking about this the other day if you came up with a way of just take all the plastic stuff and put it into a box and we send it away and there's some marvelous technology that separates the plastic stuff and recycles the plastic stuff. My friend has an uh, investment in a company here called Agilix that turns plastic, diverse kinds of plastic back into the original plastic monomer that can then be turned back into various forms. Because once you go through all the energy to take oil and turn it into plastic, it's pretty easy and it requires less energy to make it into other types of plastic. We can do that, right? Yep. You don't need laws to do it. I already feel terrible. That, that you, need, you need to be able to do it cost effectively. I That's, feel terrible yeah. that we dig black stuff out of the ground and put all this energy into it to refine it, to put it into our cars, to puke it back out into the atmosphere. I'm embarrassed as a mechanical engineer that that's the best that I can do. So, so let's, that's my natural belief. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody thinks that's a great idea, 
right? But we don't need a bunch of frickin' laws to to do it. We we need some inspirational leadership to create new products that are better. They're just like better. And when the government picks winners and losers and when the government picks technologies, they end up what was that the oh. famous one that the solar company that went bankrupt? Yes. Um I, I, they got a whole bunch of taxpayer it was money. It was horrible. It was like, solar yeah, it was a horrible idea. It, and I got a bunch of freaking liberal arts majors that couldn't blow their nose with their IQ that are <laughs> that are creating these laws. I don't have I don't have Elon Musk and I don't have Bill Gates and I don't have people with with that are forward thinking bright people that are involved in this thing. And that's why I'm a free markets guy and it, nobody wants to nobody wants to puke black stuff into the atmosphere. Nobody wants Lake Erie to burn. Right? No. Right. We, we don't, but let's, let's create an environment where our natural bias to taking care of the earth and doing the right thing is enhanced and promoted and we'll all feel better about it. And you don't need all these freaking laws written by people that absolutely have understand. no idea yep. what they're doing. Yep. Agreed. <sighs> so annoyed. You want to talk about, uh, or the, <laughs> so annoyed. The how are the beavers doing? Uh, I don't know how they doing. Uh, 28-17 Houston. Not well. Ooh, not yeah. well. I mean, you want to talk about the, uh, we're running out of yeah. time, but the um, the other bill that was going through to basically make uh, diesel fuel illegal. Oh. <laughs> so, in they found this, this well, they found, quote unquote, there's a, there's a bill that was proposed in the Oregon legislature to make fuel or fossil fuel based diesel illegal yes. in favor of organic produced Diesel fuel? I don't know the vegetable details. oil. Vegetable oil. Basically taking Basically vegetable oil. fryer. After well, you so use it, the oil in the fryers, then you use it. So it's not biodiesel. It's something else. It's diesel made from organic compounds rather than from fossil fuels. Um, it's so annoying. I, I I found a company. This I was just talking to a friend of mine. Uh, using a hydrogen fuel cell to run an electric engine on an airplane and it looks like the power density is getting to the point where you can do it. Oh. And it's like giddy up. Right? Now, hydrogen is really hard to make because you gotta take water. Think about how much energy it takes. If you tried to burn water, water isn't like ready to burn, right? <laughs> some some might say the opposite. Right. <laughs> so you've got to Split apart the hydrogen and the oxygen. Now it's ready to party because hydrogen and oxygen, you just put them together and boom, yep. right? But the technologies exist for us to be able to do this stuff, and it's not too far out. It's beyond 10 years. So those poor guys that think the Earth is going to end in 10 years, you're screwed. But within your lifetime, not within mine, but within yours, is very viable solutions to all these problems. All these problems. Then what we're going to be worried about is the national, the international consortium that has to decide how much CO2 we have in the atmosphere. Right. Right? Because yep. plants need it. Because we're going to be able to dial it in. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, with that, that'll end our show this week. This is Ali and Pacero with our friend James Ball, Go Beavers. Thanks for listening. This has been Ali and Pacero with your hosts, Alan Ali and Jim Pacero. 
The podcast is produced by James Ball. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. And if you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to alan at alanalley.com.